T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Hour 2 here on The Score. Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito. The segment brought to you by Congo Wolves, who are making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now and receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. We're expecting to hear from John Lester from New York joining us. Uh, he's been off to a great start for the Cubs as the Cubs uh, gain momentum here. Now eight games over 500 for the first time this year on a pace to win 93 games with 54 games already in the books. Another uh, 108 left, Mike. Uh, I think, you know, Cup fans should be pretty happy about their team's play. I'm, sh- I'm sure that some of them are concerned about being uh, three games behind the Brewers, but uh, the, the Cubs have the third best record in the National League right now. Yep. Percentage-wise, uh, that's where they're at. They played four or five games less than a lot of teams because of early rainouts, and they still had to make up. But uh, they're only one game out in the loss column. That's uh, something to pay attention to. Usually, we only look at the at the loss column late in the season. Uh, that's when it applies. But uh, they'll, they'll make up those games, and I think they're they're on the right track. Uh, Cup fans should like what they've seen there. The injuries to Darvish, injuries to uh, you know the injury to to CJ uh, is something that they worry about a little bit, but every team has them. And the other thing too, and you you mentioned about Cubs fans being happy. Think about this. Javier Baez is leading the Cubs in almost every offensive category. And, and that's a marked improvement for a guy who certainly was a, a good contributor last year, but he has made a jump this year. Uh, Rizzo started out of the gate very slow. Bryant is being Bryant for the most part but you're getting Schwarber contributions. You're getting bias contributions. Zobrist has been red hot now. So the Cubs offense coming around as well. 312-644-6767, our number for inside the clubhouse, now 9 to 11 every Saturday for you. And uh, Mike, do you think uh, the bias Contreras, uh, extra energy level, some levels of uh, showing their excitement, uh, other teams looking at them as kind of hot dogs. Do you think that um, exacerbates things a little bit when uh, tensions get high on the field? You know, I I think the league is kind of trending that way. I think you're going to see more guys in that vein. I don't think the younger players make as much of it as, you know, the old crusty baseball guys that might say, oh, he's showing us up and whatever. To me, that's, that's how it appears. I don't think it's a big deal anymore. You know, 20 years ago, would that have gone over very well? Absolutely not. Is it is it different today? I think I think it is a little bit. But I, I certainly think it provides the Cubs with a spark. And you know how how that energy uh, and the, the team kind of feeds off of those guys as well. Uh, you know, Bryant, a very mild-mannered type guy. Uh, Zobrist, same. But you have those energy guys. You have those, uh, you know, spark plugs in the clubhouse and, and in the dugout. And I certainly think uh, you named two of them right there in Contreras and Baez that that helped the Cubs uh, pep up a little bit. 312-644-6767, our number for Chicago baseball talk on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, Mike, uh, I think the one area that people don't look at um, 
that has really upped the level of play for the Cubs has been uh, the hitting of Anthony Rizzo. I mean, it's it's been underscored. It's been under the radar, but uh, he quietly is second on the team in RBI behind the National League leader uh, in Baez. And he's just uh, started to pick it up. He's he's up to, you know, close to 240, I think, in the standing, in the batting average, which we don't talk much about. But uh, it's interesting to watch that right now. Well, Rizzo, if you look at his year-on-year stats, and, and I actually just did this last week, He's remarkably consistent. He's going to get you in the low 30s for home runs. He's going to get around 100 RBIs. His batting average is, is usually, by the end of the season, very consistent. And you mentioned it. We really haven't you know touched on it a ton, but he is up to 237. We're not exactly looking at it. But even with the slow start, eight homers and 37 RBIs is not horrible at this point of the season. You know he's going to have his hot stretches where, where he you know hits five, six home runs in a week, and he drives in 10, 15 runs in a week. Those are coming. We've seen it. The, you know, the, the pattern is there. The consistency is there. We, he's one of the back of the baseball card guys now, isn't he? I mean, you kind of yeah. know what you're going to get from him. Well, I think, you know, the one thing that you heard a little bit about during the first 54 games was that the Cubs had kind of lost a little bit of their swagger. And I think since that slide in Pittsburgh last week, I think there is, you know, you see the Cubs coming back in games and winning ball games. You see them uh, not panicking when they're down. Uh, I, I, I sense that they're getting their feeling back. Maybe it's a championship-level feeling. You know what I mean? As far as uh, how they feel about themselves. I mean, you have a lot of great talent on this team, but um, I think that swagger is starting to come back for the Cubs. And I think we have uh, on the line now, Bruce, uh, one of the guys who helps supply said swagger. A- indeed we do. Uh, the... Uh, we are pleased to be joined by the ace of the Chicago Cubs, uh, left-hander John Lester, joins us live from New York on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, John. Thanks for uh, joining us on a Saturday morning. Yeah, guys, no problem. Thanks yeah, well, you know, it's it's nice that uh, you would want to pick up the phone and join us, and uh, we know that you have a, a great event uh, that we're going to talk about a little bit coming up here in July, but... Mike and I were just talking about kind of the swagger returning to the team. Is that something that's more us media driven or fan driven, or is that is there that swagger that you guys look for from the team uh, that you know goes from year to year as far as the energy level and the uh, you know kind of the the feel for the team as it goes along? Yeah, I mean, I think. Obviously, everybody's confident when they're playing well. So, um, you know, when, when you have a couple guys that have been struggling early on, you know, it kind of, uh, I don't want to say brings down the team, but, it you know, definitely everybody's not firing all cylinders. So when you're able to get guys going and, uh, you know, feeling good about themselves, then that kind of that filters down to the rest of the guys and, and everybody feeds off each other. So, um, you know, I know everybody kind of makes not a big deal about it, but just, you know, this group's been together for, for three years with a few guys added here and there. But, um, you know, each each year is, is an individual team. So and each year has to kind of relearn and, and get to know each other again. Um, even though we're the same guys, we're going to have a different identity, you know, you know, each year. So it's been fun to see. It's been fun to see, you know, like Al, um, Al Moore get going and, and playing unreal defense out there in center field and, uh, Tony's getting back to being himself and you know it's just it's like I said it's it's easy to be confident when 
when people are playing well. So I think that's where where we're at right now. Guys are feeling confident, and we're we're just playing good baseball. And John, one of the other things we mentioned earlier in the show as we were talking is that. Uh, you know, you guys have a new pitching coach, and you know, even though Jim Hickey has been around forever, that's an adjustment for this team. You guys have have not uh, lived with him, and and you know, had to to go to to bat with him uh, every day uh, until this season. So it's that there there's an adjustment there as well, right? Yeah, I think I think that goes for kind of our whole coaching staff. You know, I mean, we got uh, Chili um, coming in on the on the hitting side of things, and then you've got you know Butter on. On the, on the third base infield side and then will doing the outfield stuff and and obviously with hick and, and everything on our side um you know yeah there's an adjustment period uh and i think you add um you know two guys like chat and darvis to the to the rotation and and you know some guys in the bullpen as well that are new uh you know like i said there's that adjustment period where everybody's kind of feeling each other out getting to know each other what makes everybody tick and trying to find that identity so um you know, I think I think we're we're on our way, and uh, as long as we continue to play good baseball, I mean, we'll we'll win more than we lose. So, um, you know, we're, we're we're pretty good, pretty good team. So we'll just keep rolling like that. John Lester joining us live from New York. Uh, Cubs play the Mets in the third game of the series. You'll hear all of that with Pat and Ron as we join them tonight uh, for the pregame with Zach at. The game is uh, the pregame is at five forty tonight. Five forty tonight, uh, John. Uh, nobody knows more about joining a team and trying to live up to uh, your own expectations than you do uh, for the way you, you Darvish is going through some things right now. Um, how much can you relate to him? How much do you relate to him? Uh, how much does he ask about the experience uh, with uh, you know having to live up to things and things? You know, naturally not going well sometimes because that's just the way the sport goes. You can't you can't control everything about the sport, and people think it's automatic. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I relate to them um, very much. So, I mean, you you come into to a new team. I think now would be a little easier to come into just based on you know our past experiences, the last three years with playoffs and and obviously a World Series. You know, I think the um, I don't want to say that the expectations are lower because they're not, you know, we're now we're expected to win a world series every year, but I feel like that pressure of, of, of getting that first one or getting, getting to the first playoff um, was a lot bigger, but I mean, you use man, he, he works his butt off. I mean, I know that's kind of the, the cliche answer whenever you talk about somebody, right. but he really does. He cares. Um, you know, I think it, it's almost to a fault. You know, I think he cares too much. Um you know, and, and the big thing is, is when you come into a new team, uh, at least when, when I came over here, was you want to make sure your teammates like you. You want to make sure you fit in. You want to make sure that um, you're not screwing anything up. You're not messing, you know, up, you know, the mojo or whatever. So, um, you know, when you when when that's the, the main focus, you're focused on kind of the wrong things as opposed to going out and just being who you are. Um, you know, I remember Rossi, Rossi and I kind of sat down one day and he's like, you know, you're not being yourself, just be yourself and everything else will take care of it, you know, take care of itself. Um, you know, it's a little harder with you, obviously with the, with the, uh, uh, you know, the language and, and, and cultural stuff going on. He does a really good job of, of, uh, trying to communicate and talk to everybody and all that. Uh, but I know that's, you know, it's difficult for him. So it's, it's a grace period. And, you know, he's, he's been a little unfortunate with, with getting sick and, and now with this uh, with this arm stuff, it's just it's kind of put him behind the eight ball a little bit, and 
Um, you know, I think he's just putting, you know, obviously there's always going to be pressure from the fans, the media, the organization, but when you start putting too much pressure on yourself is when, you know, things can really go south. So, um, you know, I think that's just, that's just the biggest thing for him is, is just taking a deep breath and, and going out there and just trying to trying to be himself on the mound and, and be who he has been in his career. And that was difficult for you in 2015 because you had that injury in spring training. And would you say you kind of forced the issue to get out there a little too early and uh, you, 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 know, you hope that you doesn't do the same thing? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if I had to go back and do it all over again, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have made that first start. Um, but I'm glad I did you know, at the same time, um, you know, but uh, with, with you, yeah, I mean, we got to make sure that, you know, anytime you're messing around with the tricep area, the, you know, obviously that's real close to his elbow and um, we all know, you know, the Tommy John stuff and, and all that. You want to make sure that the, that the person's right before you send them back out there um, just because of all the, the other factors of, of dealing with the, the elbow. So um, I'm sure they're going to make sure, that he's good to go and, and everything's right and go through a process. And, um, you know, this is a guy that we're definitely going to need um, throughout this season. So, uh, you know, whenever we get him back, is is this going to be a, an added bonus for us. John Lester, our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse. And, John, uh, a few more minutes with you, but we certainly wanted to ask you about your event at uh, Joe's on Weed Street uh, next month, July 20th, uh, Never Quit Goes Country. Yeah, um, it's our third year doing this. Um fourth year in chicago was having having an event but third year doing the, the country stuff and um yeah it's gonna be pretty cool again uh obviously joe's is, is a great venue they've they've taken really good care of us over there and um we we've got our we finally got our artists locked down we can't reveal who that is yet but uh finally got that figured out tickets go on sale next or this month now that it's june middle of this month um for the event and uh raising raising money for pediatric cancer research. So, um, you know, there's, 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 there's two cool parts about it is we all get to get together and, and have fun and, and listen to some country music. And then obviously the greater good is, is uh, raising money for pediatric cancer. So um, it's, a, it's a good time. And, and hopefully people will come out and, and uh, you know, get to hang out with the players and, and have a good time. John, um, when you see the swagger and flair of a Javi Baez or a Wilson Contreras and uh, you know that they show an awful lot of energy as a pitcher and as a teammate two separate questions as a pitcher if a guy hits a home run and shows a little bit of extra energy going around the bases how do you take it and as a teammate when you see it how do you take it and how do you take other players who have the, the same type of Swagger, that's probably not always the, the American way, but the way they learn how to play baseball elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, you know, everybody's answer nowadays is the game's changing. So you don't have the, you know, guys pimping homers and then getting thrown at the next time. Um, you know, I think there's, a, I think there's a, a right way to show emotion. I think, there's a wrong way to show emotion. I think those guys do a good job of it. Um, and I always look at how the guy plays the game, um, you know, especially on the other side. Like if there's a guy that you can, you know, obviously we don't know everybody personally, but just by watching them play, if you think they don't really respect the game and they're just out there doing them and care, all they do is care about themselves, I think it rubs people, um, you know, the wrong way. But if you watch, you know, like the way Wilson Contreras or Javi Baez plays the game, they play the game the right way. They play it hard. They play it smart. And they play with a lot of emotion. So, I feel like if you're consistent with those things, 
then, yeah, when, you know, when Javi stands there a little bit too long for a homer or Wilson or whatever, I think other teams deal with it better. Um, you know, if you have guys that are just showboating all the time and, and like I said, the look at me show, then I think it rubs people the wrong way. But these guys play the game the right way. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, they respect the game. They respect their teammates. They respect the opponent. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, they're having fun. You know, I mean, Javi, Javi makes this game look so easy sometimes that, uh, you know, it looks like he's playing against a bunch of little leaguers. So um, it's fun to watch him. It's fun to see him every day. I know, you know, like the Mets only get to see him twice a year. And uh, hopefully they, you know, have respect for what he does on the, on the field and the way he goes about his business because it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, like I said, man, the game's changed. It's, you know, not, not, uh, not the same as far as that aspect of it. Um, you know, which I think is good. I think we, we, we all, you know, adapt to the way the game is changing and different rules. And, um, you know, like obviously with Riz the other day with Pittsburgh and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we all adapt and, and, uh, make the game better as we go. Good thing John Lackey retired then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even, 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 you know, even Big John there was, you know, he was changing with the game as well. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think the other thing too is, is, you know, hey, how, how long has the kid been around and, um, right. you know, sort of stuff like that. I think there's, there's other, you know, components in there that, um, if you guys had maybe an hour or two or three, I could, you know, go through the whole, Gauntlet of things. Any time you need, John. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's there's other components in it that uh, that dictate if it rubs people the wrong way or not. You're obviously off to a great start, John, uh, on the mound, but you're getting things done with the bat, too. I got to imagine that's uh, something you take some pride in. Well, I mean, you know, I know coming over here, that was kind of a big thing with, you know, not hitting and and, uh, and all that stuff. And, you know, I've kind of tried to downplay that and, um, you know, but really in the American league, it's, it's kind of like, whatever you take that in practice for a week and, you know, before you play interleague and, and it's, you get thrown in there against guys that are throwing a hundred. So it's now it's obviously part of my job is, you know, you're in the lineup, not only on the mound, but you, you got to take a turn at, 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 the, at bat. So one thing I really tried to pride myself on early, you know, like 15 is knowing that it's going to take some time to get used to being in the batter's box, you know, really working on bunting and making sure I get that part down. And, um, you know, Eric Hinsky and, and males at that time really helped me, um, you know, with that. And then obviously the more you do it, the more you, the more you get in there, the more comfortable you feel, you figure out things that, that work for you. You see guys more than once, um, you know, you see a 98 mile an hour fastball more than, you know, once every, every year. So it's, it's just, a, it's a comfort thing. Um, and now I get to add the, the pinch hit component to it, which is, which is always fun and a lot of turmoil in the, in the clubhouse when you're trying to get ready for that bat against, uh, one of the better closers in the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's fun now. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as stressful, obviously. And, um, yeah, I take pride in it and, and trying to get better at it. In closing with you, John, and, and Mike and I really appreciate your time as always, and what a great event uh, that you and Farrah are going to have over at Joe's and Weeds on July 20th. Um, the Rizzo factor and uh, him coming back to playing like Anthony Rizzo, how much impact has had on this latest surge for the Cubs? Well, yeah, I mean, like, like I said earlier, I mean, when you have kind of your guys struggling, it, it – 
I don't want to say trickles down to other people struggling, but it's just like, you know, he's a guy, you, you rely on him. I and mean, he's in the, he's in the three or four hole every night and um, playing first base and he's a big part of our lineup. So, and we all understand in this game that people are going to go through ups and downs of the season. You know, like the, the roller coaster, I like to call it, but, um, you know, t- get, getting Tony going with KD, you know, getting on base in front of him is only obviously a, a recipe for success because those guys are going to, you know, with the way KD runs bases and the way this hits, they're going to, he's going to drive in a lot of runs. So, um, you know, it's always good to see him going and swinging and feeling good at the plate. Um, just like I said, it just trickles down into the rest of the lineup. John, we look forward to your event on July 20th over at Joe's on Weeds. Uh, we're a big supporter of yours and your uh, efforts for pediatric uh, cancer for uh, young people, and we are uh, looking forward to that as well. Uh, great success on the road. We'll see you when you get home. Thanks again for joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Have All a good right. one. Take care. John yeah. Lester, your Chicago Cubs here on Inside the Clubhouse. New hours for us. That's right, 9 to 11. Every Saturday, Mike and I will be talking Chicago ball with you. That's right. Uh, Everyone will get an extra hour of sleep. We'll all feel good. We'll follow the sports medicine show, and uh, we will continue to talk White Sox and Cubs baseball with you. Your thoughts on what you just heard from John Lester? Some some interesting nuggets in there. Yeah, including uh, he would not have started opening day 2015 if he had to do it over again. Your thoughts? 312-644-6767. Some text, too, at 670-11 that we want to dive into. And we are guest-free until the uh, uh, end of the show at 11. We want to hear from you. 312-644-6767. Inside the clubhouse, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here on The Score. Welcome back inside the clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Great to talk to John Lester last segment. We're talking Cubs. We'll talk about what you heard from John Lester. We'll talk about last night's White Sox victory, Bruce. Uh, yeah, it was a good one for both sides of town, right? It certainly did not Helps uh, look Cubs, pretty. Helps the Cubs chop a game off of yeah. the uh, standings. They're now uh, or off of the lead of the Brewers. They're now three games out. And you have the White Sox who uh, won their 17th ball game of the year. Yes, they uh, After did. Uh, one-third of the season. As we said, uh, the pace isn't great, but the future looks much better with uh, Rodon ready to come back, Kopech pitching well in the minor leagues, probably being promoted toward July or August. Eloy Jimenez, the player of the month for the White Sox down there. I I can tell you flat out, Mike, that if he continues to play this way and he doesn't have any injuries to deal with, that Eloy Jimenez will be the thing most talked about from July on over at the guaranteed rate because he, he will be up. There's no reason to stay down there too long. As uh, Rick Hahn says, the general manager of the White Sox, um, we have a player development program, but if a player forces the issue, we have no choice but to bring him up, and he is forcing the issue. Yes, he is, and I think they expected him probably to force the issue, and uh, it's good. It's a good thing all around, and certainly White Sox fans – uh, you know, thirsting for for some hope and some fresh stuff. You're going to get Carlos Rodon back here, barring another setback pretty soon. You're hopefully going to get uh, Jimenez very soon as well. Talk a little White Sox. We'll talk or we'll hear from Ricky Renteria as well. It's presented by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Illinois, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And the rest of our show is uh, phone line friendly, always here, but open to you now at 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 670-11. As we're always, Chicago and all 28 teams, um, other 
teams baseball interactive for you. So let's head out. Bruce, uh, we go to I-94. Driving safely, I'm sure, is Dave who joins us. Hey, Dave, good morning. Hey, yeah, driving safely for sure. Two hands on the wheel. There you go. <laughs> uh, my question concerns um, the Joe Madden and, and how he seems like a puppeteer on Adderall with uh, every day has got to be a different lineup. You know, it doesn't matter um, what Albert Elmora does. I mean, I, you know, uh, a year ago he wasn't hitting better than maybe 250 against righties and killing lefties, and so that was the reason he wasn't playing every day. Now he was hitting over 300 against righties, makes every catch that's possible to make in center field, and he's still not playing every day. And, you know, I, I guess I can handle the other guys being part-time, you know, the Schwarbers and, and Hap and, and uh, guys like that. But as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason why Albert Elmora should not be playing every day. He's 24. Right. Are you, are you a defense-first guy, right? Well, uh, I'm, you know, pitching, yeah, pitching and defense, right? Because then you don't need that much offense to win if you got good pitching and defense. I'm with you. I'm, you know, I understand that, but you're not, you know, the, the more, one thing, uh, Dave, and thanks for your call, and Mike, the most, one thing you learn is when you challenge um, Joe Madden about what he does in his lineups, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not, it's going to be. You're not getting anywhere. He'll give you a respectful answer. Yeah. But you're, you're not going anywhere because you're not going to change him. The beauty of what Joe Madden does is that all 25 guys, or in the case of position players on a daily basis, 13 guys are all ready to play mm-hmm. and pretty much have knowledge that they're going to play that day and to be prepared. You know, the old times, old times I mean 10 years ago even, you had your bench players and they might, got a, might, might get up there for a pinch hit you know, late in the game, if the game's on the line and there's no DH, it's a National League game. But for the most part, bench guys, you know, they had the day off. They had the day off. With Joe Madden, everybody's paying attention because they can go in and be a part of that game at any time. Well, and you heard it directly from John Lester. He's ready to pinch hit, too, because right. he has been used in that role. And you know what? We talk about fun that we have on this show and with our listeners and, you know, talking baseball. That's the fun of Chicago Cup baseball is that they're all prepared to play every day. They all feel a part of it. John Lester gets in to try to lay a bunt down yesterday or, or take a swing. I mean, they're all prepared to play. And, and, you know, when you watch Craig Council and the Brewers, it's a very similar mentality. Craig Council was that type of player uh, on championship teams with Miami and with Arizona, and he has his guys all ready to play every day as well. And speaking of pinch hitting, Tommy LaStella is one of the best in baseball at it, and he certainly is a key contributor off the bench regularly for the Cubs in that pinch hitting role. 312-644-6767. Your Chicago team's at the exact one-third point. 54 games in, Cubs on pace to win 93, White Sox on pace to lose 111. Your thoughts about the rest of the two-thirds of the season and where you see your teams going. And, Mike, uh, we have other people that want to talk. That's right. Let's squeeze in a call or two before we hit the break. Uh, Palatine, Kevin is up next here on Inside the Clubhouse. Morning, Kevin. Kevin morning, are you... guys. How are you today? Good, good. Hey, Bruce, just, just real quick for you on Eloy Jimenez. Um, don't you think you're doing a little bit of a disservice to the guy before his first at-bat telling us already he's going to be a superstar? You know, we heard Johan Moncada. I mean, he was the number one prospect in baseball. He, he's a he's a good player, right. but I can guarantee you, if you pulled thirty general managers and said, 
you want Gliber Torres or you want Yoan Moncada, every one of them, including Rick Hahn, is taking Gliber Torres. And we had this guy as a superstar, too. So don't, don't you think we should at least let the guy get up yeah, here I, and maybe make some adjustments? I mean, you already have this guy in the Hall of Fame. Let's I, I, play I, a couple I, games. I have a, him as a potential star. I do. I no, mean, no, no. You didn't say potential star. You said superstar immediately. Game okay. Game well, if I – if you know what? If I said that – Shame on me because you did. I don't. Well, well, then I take it back because you also said Tim Anderson was going to be a forty-five to fifty home run guy, which is also. I never said that. You're going to have to find that. You said it earlier. Never. You absolutely did. Never, never said that. Thanks for your call. We have not. Thanks for your call. And I actually picked Tim Anderson as my breakout of this year. But what I said said was was fifty homer guy. I remember exactly what I said, and I said Tim Anderson has a chance to be a seventy extra base hit man. Okay. That would that would constitute forty doubles and thirty home runs. Number he's, he's hitting forty-five for power. to fifty. What does he got? Like, 12, 12 dingers. Or yeah, I mean, the guy ha- has tremendous hitting potential. I never said, and if I did say that he's going to be a superstar, shame on me because uh, you're going to have to find that. I say he has the potential to be a superstar, and uh, the White Sox are looking forward to his ascension coming in here sometime in July. And I'll give that's this- what I love about the show. Mike is Kevin was opinions. You know, he's he's thinking uh, you know, that I'm overstating things about the White Sox. You know, I think there's thirty teams out there that would like to have Eloy Jimenez and his future coming up. And I'll give you this. Uh, I gave it earlier in the show, but uh Jimenez named uh Sox minor league player of the month for May during a month in which he batted three seventy four, six homers, twenty five RBIs, eleven doubles, a triple, and seventeen runs scored. Uh, the dude is a stud, and he's tearing it up in the minor leagues. We'll see how long uh, it gets till he comes up here. And if nothing else, to, to Kevin's point, of course we can't project superstardom, but you I'm, can project that Sox fans will be extremely excited to see him arrive at Guaranteed Radio. I'm the last guy to predict exactness in baseball, okay? No, it's just right. it's not going to come out of my mouth very often. But when you, when you see a player like Jimenez, uh, you see the potential of Anderson, <clears throat> you try to project – what you see down the line. Uh, that's the fun of the show. That's the fun of baseball being right and wrong. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. We need to take a quick time out. We'll get to Keith and Rockford and everyone else on hold. As soon as we get back, we'll also hear a little bit from Ricky Renteria after last night's White Sox victory. The Sox winning, helping the Cubs as they beat the Brewers. So the Cubs chop a game off that lead in the National League Central. Final segment here for Inside the Clubhouse when we come back on the score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, these guys, last night at the United Center. I did not see them, but they were there. This hour brought to you by Horwitz and Horwitz, Illinois' top personal injury lawyers. Last segment with us in our new time slot here from 9 to 11 a.m. Saturday mornings inside the clubhouse. And uh, one more time to promote uh, John Lester's great event at Joe's Bar on Weed Street. That's Joe's Bar, 940 West Weed, July 20th, NVRQT goes country. Joe's is the place where... Farah and John Lester will be having their event. It's a great venue and a great event. A young Mike Esposito once worked there way back when, right. and uh, it is a great place to see a concert. John said, musical guest has been found and locked in, but he will not reveal it just as of yet. Tickets on sale later this month, but they are ready to have a great time at Joe's uh, next month. July 20th is the date there. All proceeds go to Pediatric Cancer Research Foundation that John has and uh, terrific guy, terrific event at Joe's. We've got uh, callers, Bruce, uh, people who want to chat with us, uh, talk with you about 
What's going on in the upcoming draft? We go to Rockford. It's Keith here on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Keith. Hey, guys. I'm going to steal an idea from Dan Bernstein. And uh, who is your guy for the White Sox with that force pick if you have a guy? Uh, I heard Peter Gammons talking up this – Five foot seven middle infielder from Oregon State. That's it, Nick, li- Nick Madrigal. Yep, Oregon State yeah, second he baseman. He likened him to Dustin Pedroia and Jose Altuve. Which, uh, if, if that's the case, I say yes, I'll take that guy. But uh, do you have any guy like that, or is that the guy? Well, for me, it's uh, Joey Bart, uh, a catcher out of Georgia Tech, and, and uh, he's projected to be picked in the top four. Mike, and uh, and thanks for your call. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Keith. Mike, uh, this is a guy, a great catch-and-throw guy. Not a good one, but a great one with a lot of power, okay? Um, even though the the White Sox recently drafted, you know, Collins, who is a catcher with number I was one. was going to ask you about that. Um, he's not necessarily projected as a catcher at this point. He's starting to get his act together as far as hitting. He's an on-base percentage guy with power. He'll likely end up at first base or DH. With that being the case... Um, and taking what Nick Hastetler, the uh, scouting director, told us yesterday, they're going to take the best player available. So they're not going to be afraid to duplicate a catcher again in the first round if he's the best player out there. I'm all for him if he drops to four. Need legal advice by a reputable attorney? Send questions you want answered to wbbmnewsradio.com slash legal advice. Look online for free legal Fridays with Horwitz, Horwitz & Associates. That's wbbmnewsradio.com slash legal advice. River North, we go next. Matt is up on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, good morning, Matt. Hey, morning, fellas. Bruce, I had a question for you. Your take on Johan Moncada, I mean, from my friends in Boston, you know, they were not impressed with him up there. The Red Sox knew Devers was better anyway, and so has been a 10-day. What do you project him as? I mean, he strikes out at an unbelievable rate. I know there's been some comparisons between him and Javi Baez, but he doesn't have the baseball instincts that Baez has. And I think very few people do. The base running. Baez can beat you in so many different ways. What I've seen from Moncada is I see a guy who takes his glove out to the field also. He's, he's kind of young uh, to you know kind of project exactly what he's going to be. But, Matt, let me ask you this. If he's Ian Kinsler, is that going to be good enough for you as a White Sox fan? Do you think that's going to be good enough? A 280 guy who hits 20 homers, drives in 70, maybe steals 25 or 30 bases, is that going to be good enough? Does he does Okay, Ian Kinsler is a very heady player yeah. and does the little things to help you win. Right. I don't see that in Moncada. Right. I don't see the baseball So, so you don't you don't see the, uh, the I could see him hitting 20 home runs and stealing 30 bases, yes, and hitting 280. You don't see him growing. I mean, Look at where Baez is at now compared to when he was 21. Well, uh, Baez play, okay, but Baez was put into a situation. He was playing on a very good team to begin with. Mm-hmm. didn't play every day. They picked his spots. They never worried about his defense right? And or his base running or anything like that. It's just his strikeout rate. He seemed to have adjusted to that. And right now he's one of – to me, he's just a better baseball player than Moncada, just I, all around. I, I'm going to give Moncada the growth chart to work with. And, and thanks again for your call, Matt. Appreciate it. Mike, uh, there's a lot of talent there. I mean, player development doesn't take place overnight, and especially at the big league level. People forget uh, the growth that, uh, you know, people like Baez had, the the growth that that, um, Contreras had to to get to this level and get their game. And there's still, 
evolving. I mean, you still see periods of time with Baez, don't you, where you sure. say, no, I don't want this Javi. I want the new Javi. Right. Well, and he, he, you know, he swings, misses, falls down. Okay. <laughs> or he blows a simple play because he's just a little bit too fancy. Um, you know, I would take Javier Baez on my team anytime, and I'd like to project him a year from now and the possibility of him even continuing to get better and better. And you have to allow for Mancata as well. Is he going to be as good as Baez? We'll wait and see. He has tremendous ability. It's it's up to us to just watch. Absolutely. And, and you, you know, Baez took his first walk of the season uh, or since April 11th the other day. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's there's, not, there's, not there's perfect. He's an on-base percentage hits guy. And misses. Yep. He's, he's in two sixty eight. His on-base percentage is like three Oh seven. So, um, He's not a perfect player, nope. but he's certainly an exciting player and a guy leading the league in RBI. It's uh, fun to watch him being a part of the mix. And, and just for those of you uh, wondering, Moncada in 45 games so far, seven homers, 19 RBIs, uh, has struck out 71 times. That's something that definitely needs to be cut down, but uh, a two forty two average, a seven fifty six OPS. Mike, uh, James Shields uh, goes for the White Sox today. He's put together probably seven or eight great starts out of the great, yep. very good starts out of the last nine. Scouts are watching. Uh, if you're the White Sox, do you uh, want him gone right away? Do you need those innings pitched from a veteran player so that your young guys aren't uh, inundated with innings that they can't handle? Do you need that veteran to stay around till the trading deadline or do you move them? Now, if somebody offers you good young player or two back. Well, I would definitely, if, if Rick Hahn hears what he wants to hear, I would definitely move him now. You worry about the innings. You're already the worst team in baseball. I don't, it, it, are you going to lose more games because you don't have James Shields? Yes, yes, you are. But you'll figure it out. I mean, that's, it's the least of your concerns right now. Having said that, I think in a perfect world, Shields continues to pitch well. His price goes up uh, in terms of what the White Sox would like to get back for him. And you kind of play with, that pressure of the trading deadline to get something more back for him. Now, now will that happen? Yeah. You know, it's not I mean, a with a, with a veteran pitcher, um, you know, you worry about injury and the whole thing folding up on you and you got him for the whole year. Now he's a terrific clubhouse guy. He's a, a reinvented pitcher who relies more on the breaking stuff than he does on his fastball. Now mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think you move right away. If somebody offers you something good for it, I, I really do. Uh, uh, as you said, Mike, they're a 17-win team uh, third way th- through the season. So from that perspective, you're not worrying about competing or winning uh, the uh, division. You're worried about getting better as you go on. And if you can get a really good young player back, I think you'd do it. Well, and you talked about uh, eating innings. And one of the guys who was supposed to do that, Hector Santiago, he, he had a bit of a rough start last night. That first inning was was something, wasn't it? Well, like I said to Bill Schroeder from uh, the Brewers TV <laughs> booth who joined us early in our show, uh, I've never seen a 50-pitch inning. Well, now you have. I know. You could check chalk that one I, off I, the list. I guarantee you I've never seen a 50-pitch inning from the beginning of the game and a guy only giving up two runs. That's just ridiculous. I mean, he's he stayed in that game. He ended up with 50, then 68, uh, then 88 before he was out of the game in the fourth inning. But uh, that is the see that that is the downside of you trade reliable pitchers and Hector does everything he can to help the team. But uh, you trade your starting pitchers and then all of a sudden your bullpen 
like the White Sox bullpen is uh, certainly overworked at this time. Well, and Ricky had uh, this to say about his bullpen after the game. Bully and, and Luis and, you know, everybody, uh, Will Stead, uh, the relief did a nice job, and the guys did a nice job of, you know, chipping away, scoring some runs, and being able to hold on to it. And Volstad, uh, we saw him uh, for a time with the Cubs. Uh, Volstad has been uh, a nice find for the Sox he, in middle a, relief he's there. He's an everyday player now. <laughs> it's what he is. right? Yeah, Chris Volstead is a he's he's going to play every day if they need him. And uh, you know, a, a team like the White Sox, he, he's the type of guy who says, "Okay, give me everything you got. I'll I'll go long. I'll spot start. I'll I'll come in in a tough situation." And you really you appreciate a guy like that because his numbers are not going to reflect what he does for the team. This hour brought to you by Horwitz and Horwitz, Illinois' top personal injury lawyers. Let's uh, take another call or two before we're out of here. Uh, near North, George is up next on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, George. Good morning, George. Yeah, I, wanted to, I wanted to chime in about the uh, about Madden about Madden's uh, lineups, yeah, uh, platoon and platooning people. Look, you, it's a it's a marathon, not a not a sprint, and you've got to develop the value of all these different players as you go. And look what happened almost last night. Uh, El almost got taken out of the game and injured. So. You got to be able to, to to navigate those things. You really do, and, and George, thanks. thanks and, for and Mike, call, George. it's important to understand that the modern game. First of all, nobody plays every day anymore. Okay, you don't have those long streaks of 552 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Prince Fielder has They're... played in. You know that that is by the boards. The thing they, they try to do the most, and what Joe has learned to do with his young players, including and most importantly, Rizzo and uh, Bryant, is to find days off, okay? Strategically. Find, yep. you know, find 10 days off for these guys during the year. Try to couple them together with the natural off days, like he did with Bryant about 10 days ago. He yep. gave him two in a row off. Uh, you know, get Rizzo a couple days in a row off. Uh, these are the guys that, you know, they carry the ball for you. You have great young other players like Schwarber and Happ and Contreras that help carry you offensively. But it's Rizzo and Bryant that's going to have to carry the load for you all year long. And there is a record, you mentioned it, a record that will never be touched or even come close to. Cal Ripken and the Ripken family. I thought you were going to say Lou Gehrig's. No, <laughs> Cal Ripken can rest comfortably knowing that no one's going to get remotely close to, to his record for consecutive Weren't there games talk played. shows in the 70s and 80s saying that about Gehrig's record and that Ripken would never get close. But you just mentioned it. Does anyone even play no, every game they during don't. the season? Anymore? They, Nobody does. What they do is they insist that you don't. Right. They don't want you to. No. I mean, it's it, not like it's, it's not just, like it it's used just to like be. the Iron Man. Uh, our friend Billy Williams has a national had the National League record before it was broken by Steve Garvey. He played uh, seven and a half years. You know, I, I I was talking to him last week at Wrigley, and I said, "Would if you had it to do over again, would you?" He goes. Heck no. Said I would hit a lot more home runs, driven in a lot more runs with some days off. But that was the manly thing to do back in baseball in the 60s and 70s. 312-644-6767 is our number if uh, you'd like to check in uh, last minute or so here with the show. And actually, I guess we are out of time as the music will tell you. And uh, the new time again, if you're wondering why we're still on, we're on now 9 to 11 Saturday mornings inside the clubhouse. Zach did a fabulous job for us, as always. He's a wonderful producer. We appreciate it. 
Uh, loved the input from Bill Shorter from Brewers Television and, of course, John Lester live from New York with the Cubs joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. People can follow me on Twitter at 670thescore. I'm sorry. Let's try it again. They can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at MLB Bruce Levine. Also on our website, writing Cubs and Sox every day in 670thescore.com. I will see you next week, Mike. We'll see you next week. Bruce is heading directly out to Guaranteed Rate Field for White Sox Brewers. I will be staying here, unfortunately, as Steve Rosenblum will enter in an hour later. Still sucky for your Saturday. Saturday suckage is next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t